Hello, and welcome to Out of the Dark, Into the Light, a podcast all about live music in the UK. Each week, I'll be joined by a range of guests to discuss their experiences of the last 18 months and look ahead to the future. Later on in this episode, we'll be hearing from Liverpool band Rats. But first, I'd like to introduce Kevin from Parish Youth Foundation. How are you, mate? Hello, mate. Thanks a lot for having me. Nice to, nice to see you after so long. Yeah, it's been a while. We are just saying before we started recording, it was after the Zanzibar gig. I saw you last. It feels like a lifetime has passed since then. Yeah, so that was Feb um, 2020. So I think like maybe two days after that tour was like the first case of COVID was announced. So a lot's happened since then. But as we were also saying before, a lot's not has not happened since then uh, at the same time, if that makes sense. So hopefully we're, we're, there's light at the end of the tunnel and we're nearly there. It is mad because Parish Youth Foundation at the Zanzibar in February 2020 still remains the last gig I went to. Then 18 months and still still no more live music. Yeah, I'd I, I like to think we're at the end of it, but I feel like we said that before. But yeah, that's very cool that we were the last the last gig you went to, man. Um, yeah, it feels so long ago, but yeah, I remember that night so vividly. And um, someone had said, what was about to happen? I don't think any of us would have believed them. I still owe you a pint from that night. So, you know, it's been a longest time to pay back ever. <laughs> don't worry about that, man. Don't worry about that. So on Friday, you released your debut album, How To Ruin Your Life. Are you pleased to have that out? Yeah, of course, man. Um, yeah, it's it, it felt like it had been a long time coming because it was obviously meant to come out um, last year. And I felt at that time it had been slightly delayed, but then with, what's, with what has happened, we obviously had to delay it, you know, nearly another 18 months too. So we've been sat on it a little while and, and sometimes that's tough because you start falling out of, you start thinking, oh, we should have done that, we should have done this. But yeah, we're nearly there now. And I think the best thing for for all of us really is to just get it out there now. And yeah, it was really proud of it and we can't wait for people to hear it. How do you keep yourself sort of motivated during that time? Like, do you just carry on working as if it's out, keep on writing and keep on looking forward? I think so. I think you've always got to keep on writing no matter what. I think whether you're in a, a band at our level or whether you're Chris Martin, you've got to believe that your best song is still out there. Otherwise, there's no point. So, yeah, I think one thing we've had on our hands is time. So have to make sure that we've used that wisely. And if the, if the world ever does get back to normal, then, you know, we've got the next three albums already ripped kind of thing. Would you say... Out of all emotions, it's relief to finally be able to share it. Yeah, I guess so. I think you've definitely relief. I think you've got to have some perspective also, just because I think this time last year, well, maybe a little bit earlier, uh, towards like March, April, May last year, it was quite scary what was happening and, and people were losing their lives. So it would have been quite selfish of us to kind of say, well, we don't get to release our album. We, we feel hard done by. So obviously we just can't wait for it. But at the same time, you know, it's... Yeah, as long as we're all healthy, man, and that's the main thing, isn't it? What made now the right time to finally release it? I don't really know. I think we pushed back and pushed back again and again last year and changed dates. That I think there's only so many times fans or people who will kind of stay interested, and I think we were very worried that, you know, if we waited another year or even the end of the year when hopefully live shows are back, because there's so many great uh, musicians out there great bands and artists it's you know you don't want to be forgot about do you so 
I think for us, it was just a case of finding the right time. And, and hopefully within a few months of its release, we can we can get out there and tour it and stuff. So that would make a, a big difference. Well, the album contains a mixture of singles you've released in the past few years, as well as some new additions to your catalogue. So how do you decide what to include and what not? And yeah, again, a really tough question. I think we um, decided that we wouldn't release any older stuff than an EP that released in 2019. Uh, so there's two songs off that, I think, and then the other eight were written for the album. And I think another um, consequence of the last year is that because we've had so long to build up, we've kind of released a lot of it. Whereas normally we probably would have just released two or three songs. So I think by the time the album comes out, there'll probably be two songs that we haven't released, which is a little bit unorthodox. But yeah, I think, as I say, the two songs on the EP, which are I Can't Keep Up With Your Love and You Haven't Loved Until You Lost, is um, just favourites of ours that we really wanted to be on on the record. And then the other eight were just stuff that we were really excited about. and. And we felt we're, we're fresh and exciting, really ready for and um, made sense for the record. Do you think it does a good job of documenting as a band where you are now? Yeah, I think so. Or at least where we were when we wrote them songs. I think, again, with what's happened, you know, we recorded this at the end of 2019, if you, if, if you can believe that. So we're probably 18 more, more months down the line. So... Um, I'm unsure where, where we're at really. I'd, I'd have to show you the songs that I'm writing now and we're writing now to, to compare, but I think I don't think we're a million miles away, definitely. So obviously lockdown and the pandemic's had, well, it's impacted everyone really, but for musicians such as yourself, a band who great to release an album, wanted to go on tours, you know, how tough has it been? Like just making a living as well out of the music, out of the music industry. It was hard enough before last February and last March, but must be even tougher now. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I think, as I was saying before, it was the first few months, it, was, it wasn't it was a case of, you know, poor me, poor, poor PYF, um, what are we going to do? It was more a case of, like, you know, people are losing their lives, this is terrifying. Um, but now I think we're, we're finally getting through with it. And it, it is... Um, we can reflect on a little bit more and it's been incredibly tough really because as I say you know you had people losing their lives but then you had you know people losing their jobs too which is again terrifying and you know that doesn't change for musicians especially at our, our level so it was it was a struggle really to kind of find a, a happy medium and yeah there's been a lot a lot a lot of downs and and ups really but I think the light at the end of the tunnel has been having this album in our back pocket and yeah just having the perspective to keep feeling grateful and humble to to be able to do it. Has it been a scary time like just being a band in Liverpool because obviously it's a city that's so enriched with music history but when you see like venues like shutting down obviously at one point I saw a story that the cavern was in trouble so somewhere like so, so historic is in trouble then how's other places going to survive there was also the story earlier in the pandemic about Park Street Studios how those rumours of it being sold off. So it must have been just frightening to see like what had become your day-to-day -day life be under threat. Yeah, 100%, man. I think, I, as you're saying, uh, these well-famous establishments like Power Street and the Cavern were, were struggling and 
and at one point maybe well Park Street isn't going to make it I don't think so you know if 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 places like that can't can't survive then how is little old us going to survive kind of thing so it was yeah it was incredibly sad to see places like that that are much more important than our band because as much as we love our band the history in in, in the cabin the history in Park Street has been around a lot longer and will be around a, a lot longer in people's memories so again also whether it's people's jobs isn't it? it's people's livelihoods so it's it was terrifying to see and as we were saying about the Zanzibar to being the last gig you went to it you know there was a time when I think that closed the doors or wasn't getting enough funding or something and these are places that have been helping young musicians in Liverpool and asking for nothing back for for decades if they don't make it then Liverpool will be much the poorer for it do you feel let down by the sport, by the government, or even like the council in Liverpool, because there's been a lot of campaigns like like the music play and numerous things like that of frustrated musicians just saying like this is a sustainable business. We just need money to survive this current wave. Yeah, I think it's a really tough situation, really, because I think I hate to say unprecedented because it's been said a billion times, but you know, no one could plan for this, so. I do have a little bit of sympathy towards towards every single kind of aspect of it, really. But as I was saying, I think you know, as far as governments go, if if um, if they can find the money to help, you know, every other particular sector, then I don't see why musicians shouldn't be um, getting the same. And again, yeah, as I've said a few times, it's you know, it's not just the the bricks and mortar of these amazing places that we've all grew up going to, it's the people that are employees. And yeah, they, they could have done more, but hopefully that, you know, there might still be time for, for these places to be saved. But um, it's definitely something that needs thinking about uh, and pretty, pretty uh, quickly too. Of course, something that was done by musicians to keep themselves going was online gigs. I know that you did a few streams, so... You just have to be creative like that from the band's point of view. Keep yourselves in people's minds more than anything else. Yeah, definitely. I think obviously um, as soon as we went into lockdown, that was that kind of exploded really, didn't it? Um, and um, it was very really interesting to do because obviously we'd never done it before. So it was fun to do, I guess. But as with anything, I think, you know, it was a bit of a phase really and a fad. And, um, you know, people, fans got bored of it quite quickly and, and then you've got to find the next big thing. Then you you know you've got to keep thinking outside the box and keeping people, you know, attached to you and, and invested in your band. And that's the tricky part, really, because you know you can put as many songs out as you want and as many covers as you want, but fundamentally, people want albums, people want a tour and festivals, and we just couldn't give them that. So yeah, it's just about trying to continuously be creative and come up with content well hopefully now you've been given the green light of boris's roadmap so do you have anything lined up that you can talk about and uh, not not massively to be honest we we have a festival called 110 above uh, next month which is something that we've been really excited about for a while and um, just because the lineup's so good it's like amazon's and um sports team and sundara karma uh headline and um, and it's just yeah, it's something that we've never played before. So, but you know, every day you log on to Twitter, don't you? And you kind of see well, so and so is rescheduled to next year. So and so is cancelled. And yeah, it's just a nervous wait really to see if we can, you know, finally get over this last um, 
this last stage. But yeah, as I say, as soon as this album comes out too, you'd like to think that we could probably uh, be touring it um, in the late autumn. So hopefully that's that's to come too. Would you say the nerves are even worse now than they before? Because of course, like government said, 19th of July, everything can open up, go back to normal. But then obviously a few days before that, you see like, why not cancelling? And you obviously, like you mentioned, you're cautious yourself about doing anything. There seems like a lack of trust that this is going to be the end and that it could cause more trouble than it's worth to put a gig on too soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, you know, this isn't, this is our third lockdown, I think it is. And it's tough to get excited, isn't it? It's kind of one of them where it's like, oh, well, I believe it when I see it. Um, and yeah, I get, again, it was, well, it was the 22nd of June that it was supposed to happen. So it's also a case of when it does reopen to, you know, is it too much too soon? Will we end up going back to the start? But I hope the vaccine does its job really and we can start pushing on. But yeah, I think it's just a case of let's hope for the best and and hope that it's um, the nightmare's over. Well, Kev, we'll come back to you shortly and we'll be discussing your favourite memories of live music. Before that, I caught up with Joe and Laurel from Reacts a few weeks ago on the Football First podcast. I started off by asking them about the support the music industry has received during the pandemic. Yeah, there was nothing. It was it's one of them, but all like I'm I'm over it now. I'm not really I'm not really too fond on like you know like dwell, dwelling in on like the past or anything like that. But yeah, everyone knows what the government's done. You know what I mean? Like it's out there for yourself. Everyone knows what they've what they've said. You know what they what they've what they've done on on a not just in music but like a whole whole different but like array of trades you know what I mean there's so much out there there's so many people out there who've been fucked and a lot of people who've been work, fucked over worse than me and I've been lucky and I've still managed to get by you know playing like private parties and stuff like that so you know what I'm saying we're in the times where we have been able to like outside I've been able to get by I think as well it, I think being in the bands through the lockdown helped a lot because it was like we all had each other to just sort of get on the same page do you know what I mean we were lucky that we could all just sit there and go look <laughs> You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We just need to smash it now while we're all stuck indoors. Get some decent tunes down, and when it's all over, we'll smash it. And I think we've all got each other through it together, do you know what I mean? So, in that way, music sort of got us through it, do you know what I mean? So, it's been good, it's been positive, I think. I started a bad situation. Like, I've had a boss year, me. I've had a boss year, lads. I've, I've enjoyed so much time, like, that I've spent in the studio and stuff and recording still and, like, it's been like I'm not gonna dwell on the negatives. Like let's just crack on with the positives, isn't it? Yeah. So are you excited to be back out on the road? You've got a few live dates lined up. A headline show at the Cavern, and you've got a November tour to name a few. You just excited to get going? I actually can't wait, you know, brother, to get back on the road. I, I would just wait like it's literally just around the corner now. So I've literally got like a, a little countdown going in my head, bro. Yeah. It's like every day I'm just thinking, yeah, nearly there, nearly there. That's all, <laughs> all that's on our heads. But we're just working and just and cracking on. We've all been getting to just do our, do our thing, really, and just in the studio, that's what keeps us motivated. It's just what, what keeps the time passing. It's what keeps the days ticking on. You know what I mean? We're just trying to just fucking get back into it, get the set. Obviously, new members in the bands, and this will be the first time that we properly gig together. So, yeah, we're really itching to get out there and, like, show people that, you know, that it's, that it's coming back big and better than ever, you know what I mean? It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. To say the least, like, we've been sat in our houses. It's been here two years, not playing any gigs, so... And sat in the studio. Yeah. We've got so much, like, new music to show people as well and so much, like, the band's literally 
you know, we're still keeping that root element that we had before the lockdown, but we're just there uh, elaborating on like the best parts of it and we've made been able to bring that out more like in our songwriting, you know what I mean? The what we've thought have been the best bits of the stuff that we've done so far. Battles Rats. We had it on tour in November, playing at Cardiff, Edinburgh, Dundee, Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, Sheffield, Nottingham, as well as a sold out hometown show at the famous Cavern Club. Still alongside me here is Kev from Parachute Foundation, who's going to be talking us through some musical memories now. So we'll start off with, what is the best live show you've ever played? Um, it's, that's such a tough question because of kind of like, there's so many aspects to it. I think the one I will always say is the, the best show I ever played was the first ever show, which was at Redden Festival, which just was a dream really. Um, I still kind of don't believe that it happened. But uh, yeah, the story is that we had one song and we uploaded it to BBC Introducing and then, you know, two weeks later they were asked us to play Redden Festival. So yeah, I think, you know, if you look at the video of us on uh, on BBC on YouTube and stuff, it's like, we're all so young and, you know, there wasn't thousands of people there. It was just Redden Festival and it was just, you know, being with your friends then kind of a surreal moment that we were very lucky enough to be to be asked to play. And I think when I look back, when I'm old, that'll be something I'll never forget. Would you say playing like on a stage at a festival like that, especially so early on in your careers, so that's that's better than any like social media push, just having a new crowd, a fresh crowd hearing you for the first time? Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, the kind of explosion around your band when you get one of them slots is kind of terrifying in a great way. Just because you go from, you know, having an empty inbox, uh, you know, opening an email account, opening an Instagram account, and the minute you announce that that, it's just one of the most exciting times of your life, really, just because, you know, you're inundated with emails from the biggest management companies, the biggest agencies, what, um, just everything, really. And it's, yeah, again, it's just, you know, to go from playing in a practice room and no one knows your name to two weeks later being kind of backstage at Red and it's very surreal, really. And yeah, I would say that that is the best thing a up and coming band can get because it just catapults you. What song do you enjoy playing most? My favourite song is I Can't Keep Up With Your Love. I don't know what it is about it, but I think, yeah, it's, it's one of them songs that starts kind of slow and ends pretty huge. and. They were always my best songs growing up, kind of like, you know, Snow Patrol, Open Your Eyes, stuff like that, with a kind of a big crescendo and a massive ending. And where do you enjoy playing most? Like, you could choose anywhere up and down the country, a city or a venue, where would you be picking? Again, really tough. I think obviously the obvious one is home, just because it's home and it always will be very special to us. But I think, yeah, I think everyone in the band's probably got a, a, a different favourite too. And that can just be a kind of personal feeling that you got when you turned up at a city or just a great show that you had at a certain time. And um, it's tough. I think all the obvious ones are, are mine. I think we've had great times in Birmingham and Glasgow have always been really nice to us. And we also really like London too. But yeah, I think obviously the, the Liverpool one is the one that gets you the most excited. I think I must have seen you in most venues across Liverpool. I know the first one I saw you, you sported Night Cafe at the Arts Club. And since yeah. then, I've seen you obviously at Zanzibar, Phase One, Cavern, when it was you and Spin On. But I think one that probably would stick out to you most was uh, 
at Sound City when you played the main stage. So that must have been truly unreal. It was such a packed crowd as well. I remember being in the was it a camping furnace? And it was truly like it was, the atmosphere was buzzing. So for you on stage, it must have been amazing. I think yeah, I think that would probably be number two in uh, in favourite gigs after Reading, really, just because as I say it's it was hometown, but I don't think anyone expected that kind of crowd. And yeah, I think we like played third from last, and it was like yeah, there's I don't know, there must have been like fifteen hundred people in there at that time. And another kind of pinch you moment, pinch yourself moment when you'll be telling the grandkids about that one definitely. Your ego must have been through the roof after walking off stage. <laughs> Yeah, it's always a tough one, really, because you kind of get off stage and you kind of like, you just get addicted to that. And then you're kind of like, well, how do I do that every night? But they're there for me. And you kind of you kind of just need to sit back and just enjoy it for what it is. We've talked about you on stage. We've talked about the best gig you've ever been to. So can you pick one out? Again, so tough. Uh, things that come to mind is my favourite band is, is The National. Um and about 10 years ago, I got to see them in New York in like an old theatre, probably like the equivalent to like the Philharmonic Hall here. And they were just touring my favourite album. And it was just one of them things that, you know, you'll never forget forever. Um, another one is probably when I was a very, very young kid. I managed to persuade my parents to let me go to Glastonbury. Uh, I think I was about 14. And all because Kings of Leon were my favourite band at the time and they headlined. And I think Kings of Leon at, at Glastonbury in 2008. And I know it's not cool to, to like them anymore, but at that time I just wanted to be Caleb and it was amazing. Would you say Glastonbury is your go-to festival? You could pick one. I think so, yeah. As cliche as it is, I think, you know, you can kind of die happy if you if you get to play that place. And, um, yeah, fingers crossed we get there. That dream comes true one day. What's your favourite experience from a festival? Oh, it's a tough one, really, because I'm, I'm a teetotal learning, so I don't really have um, any kind of wild rock star stories. Um, I think the other boys have probably got some good ones, but I don't know if I'm allowed to tell them. But, yeah, I've had so many, really. I think just I think I'd have to say Glastonbury just because it's that place, you know, even if you don't go and see any bands in Glastonbury for some weird reason, you would still have the best time of your life because it's just such a special place. Uh, and it's somewhere that I think, you know, you have to go at least once in your life. My first camping festival was Kendall. And classic late district weather, it was raining and then all of a sudden it was gloriously warm and sunny. So I had a flooded tent and I was absolutely sunburnt. Just classic. Um... English festivals, isn't it? I think it's, you know, I think that's why they're so iconic. If if that stuff didn't happen, I don't think we'd be talking about them as much, but that's why we love them deep down, isn't it? And before like, you mentioned watching a show in New York, like, how does American audiences compare to British? Well, it's a tough one, really. I haven't got a lot of experience, but I'd say that crowd was a lot more subdued. Uh, but I guess that may be kind of, would have been the the um the setting the um the venue because you know I I I likened it to the Philharmonic Hall and Liverpool you know if you went to see them someone there would there be a mosh pit I don't think there would be so my experience is that they were very polite and subdued but you know I'm sure if you went to see Slipknot 
it, it might not be so polite. We've talked about your best gigs. What's your worst one? Do you have the heart to say who you've not enjoyed watching? Who have I not liked watching? Oh, that is a tough one. I just can't do I just can't do dance music. Um and a few of the lads in the band absolutely love it. I've just never been able to get into it. So if there's ever been times when, you know, at a festival we've kind of had a spare couple of hours and so and so has been on and I've kind of been dragged, I will have hated every minute of it. You're quite tall as well, so I'm sure you not enjoying it will stand out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I think the whole crowd can can sell that I'm not enjoying it too do you have any unpopular music opinions I probably do actually I've probably got loads and I'll be gutted because it'll all come back to me and I'll have loads of cool answers but right now I can't um I never liked Oasis really was probably a um I think I was maybe a bit too it was just a bit before my time so I never saw the wave and loved it but I would say that I've grown to kind of absolutely love Liam Gallagher just as the person he is, really. Um, and I kind of get what the fuss is about. But as a band, I, I never really find myself listening to much Oasis. If you could support any one person, who would it be? Again, really tough uh, because I love the National. I think I would, that would be a dream come true. But then I think, you know, you've probably got to go a little bit. If we are living in a fantasy, you've probably got to go a little bit more um, extreme, haven't you? So, look at Kanye West or something like that, just because it'd be insane. A unique, unique coming together. Can't see that one after thinking you. Well, I've just got a question for you. It's nothing to do with live music, but I know I've asked you it in probably the first interview I ever did. And it's, it was quite an interesting story about where the name Parachute Foundation came from. Yeah. Um, so it came from a few years back, really, when I was a lot younger. I think I went to Paris for the first time, just on holiday. And, and on the um, the metro, the kind of underground, it was graffiti, and obviously in French, but it, I think in French it's kind of um, pretty similar. And I remember just putting it in my phone because I didn't know, I thought it was a band or, you know, some kind of brand or something like that. And I was intrigued, but I never... I never could find what it was. And then for some weird reason, a few years later when we were talking about band names, I stumbled across the phone I had on that Paris trip and it was saved in my notes and it just felt like fate really. So that's where it, it comes from. Well, like last week, we're finished today's episode with a quiz. You're not against anyone, so this should be testing your knowledge. Are you confident, mate? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> well, uh, not only do these questions contain musical knowledge some of them also contain maths skills so i hope oh, you God. i hope you remember gcse stuff um i think i failed miserably so forward to this well we'll cross that bridge when we come to it so the first question is in what year were the albums elephant by the white stripes the black album by jay-z and room on fire by the strokes were released mm. 2001 or 2002? You won out. You won year out. It was 2003. Oh, no. Pretty close. I'll take that. Now, I know that as a band for question two, you're quite a fan of Catfish and Bottleman. I know you've done a few covers. You used to have Hourglass as an outro for one of your songs. 
I'm going to test your knowledge now. How many songs on the balance can you name? So there's 11 in total. How many of them can you name? Oh, my word. I probably can't even name one. <laughs> I never felt as deeply in love with them as I did on the first record, and I could name every single one of them. Um, can we do the first record? <laughs> we'll do the first record. Right, how many songs off the balcony can you name? On the, there is 11 again. So go on, let's see how you do. You put the pressure on yourself oh. now, because you've said I can probably name every single one. Hmm, Kathleen. One. Fallout. Two. Hourglass. Three. Business. Four. Tyrants. Five. Have I said Kathleen? You said Kathleen, that was your first one, I think. Uh, Fallout, have I said that? You said Fallout. Pacifier. Pacifier, six. Uh, 26. Seven. Oh, my God. Um, I'm only looking out for you. No what is that song called? Oh, give me a sec. You know, it's probably just a lie. Homesick. Homesick, that's eight. You're missing a big one. You've not said a big one. Oh, of course I am. Cocoon. Cocoon, that's nine. What is? There's two more. Oh, is there two more? Oh, God, I thought there's only one more. Um. Oh, my word, I can't believe this. I'll have to give in. It'll kill me, but I'll give in. Rango. Okay. And Sidewinder. Okay, Sidewinder was on, on the record. Cool. Yeah. Well done, you got nine, but you didn't set yourself a question, so, you know. I... <laughs> no way. Right, so third and final question now for you. And this is where you have to use your math skills, of which you've always said you don't have many, but we'll hope for the best. A bit of knowledge as well. So I'm going to give out three categories. And you've got to add the answer of each category up to get the answer of the question as a whole. So what I'm looking for is the year the Stone Roses debut album was released. Add the year Sound City as a festival was founded. Add Paul McCartney's age. Oh my word. So there's some big some big numbers there. So we'll go through one by one. So what year, first off, what year do you think the Stone Roses released their debut album? 86. Okay, I'm not going to tell you if you got it wrong. I'm embarrassing myself here, aren't I? Um, okay, so let's say 86 plus Sound City first, first one. Was, was that late, like, noughties? So let's say 2008. Um, so 2008 plus 1986. Is this the math I've got to do? This is the math you've got to do. God, so 2008 plus... 2000 is 4008 minus 14. So that would be 3096 plus Paul McCartney's age. Well, he must be about 105. Uh, so I'm going to go with 8283. So 2096. I'm not. No way there, 2096. That is not right. 
would be 4,078. So I'm going to go 4,078? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's not right, but it's a very solid attempt. 4,076. No way. So you've got Stone Rolls released their debut album, 1989. Oh, my word. You've got Sound City, Bob-On, 2008. And Paul McCartney, 79. Oh, my word. I honestly think... Oh, I'm, I'm speechless with how close that was. So from what you've had, your actual math skills, you know, they did you proud, though. Uh, I can't believe that, you know. But, um, yeah, that's blew me mind. And, you know, end of the day, you caught the name of a catfish album that you asked for, but you got the maths. You could come away both happy and sad with today's quiz. I've let myself down, don't worry, I know. Well, mate, it's been a pleasure both quizzing you and just having a general chat. Really enjoyed your company, mate. No, amazing, man. Thank you so much for having us, man. And um, yeah, thanks for everything. And everyone who's listening, have a listen to the Parachute Foundation's debut album. It's out now. Thanks a lot, man.